and welcome to the Grace 412 podcast. It is actually Wednesday afternoon as I am recording this, so I will be out of town tomorrow. Emily and I are celebrating our four-year anniversary on uh, the 17th, and so we're going to be getting out of town, going to Kansas City, taking a couple of days to just enjoy some time off. We haven't taken a vacation in like two years, so don't judge us, but we are actually recording the practice for uh, tonight's lesson in 2 Timothy chapter 3. So if it's a little jumbled, that's why this is the first time that I'm hearing this. So definitely the first time you're hearing this. But we are in 2 Timothy chapter 3 as we continue this series, As For You, talking about Paul's charge to Timothy and what it is that we can learn from that. And so we'll jump right in today. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, displeasers, or, or despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For this sort of are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins and led away with diverse lusts, ever learning, never being able to come to the knowledge of truth. And so uh, Paul just kind of lays it out here for, for Timothy. Um, you remember when they wrote these uh, things down in Scripture, when Paul wrote this letter, there wasn't the chapter breaks that we have now. And so uh, Paul writes in chapter two and says, hey, we need you to be laser focused on pursuing Jesus. And then he jumps right into it again. He says, but know this. Um, he's basically just saying like, in another thing, I don't know if you've ever been in an argument before and somebody's like, okay, and one more thing, uh, or somebody's telling a story and it's like, guess what else? Uh, but Paul in chapter two, he says, hey, I want you to get laser focused on uh, on." pursuing Jesus on pursuing this life of faith that you've been called to live. And then chapter three gives the why. He says, because know this, understand Timothy, it's only going to get worse. He says, people are going to be unthankful. They're going to be unholy. They're going to be boasters and proud and covetous. They're going to be accusers. They're going to despise what's good. They're not going to have natural affection. They're going to be high-minded. They're going to love pleasure more than they love God. Uh, The reality and the warning here is that the pull towards sin is only growing. Uh, The world's gravitation or proclivity towards sin is only growing growing. That's a a tendency to choose or do something regularly. It's an inclination or a disposition toward a particular thing. Uh, That proclivity or that pull of sin isn't getting less obvious, but more obvious. And we we hear that and we read that and we go, oh yeah, that's, that's clearly seen out in the world today. And we see a proclivity towards sin in, in, culture. We see it in the media. We see it in uh, even our everyday lives as we go throughout communities and through our schools and maybe in our families. But what's important for us to realize is what we've talked about before, that this isn't just in the world or amongst unbelievers, but this is what's happening even within the church in their day, but also in our day. Look again, verse five, it says, there's a form of ungod or there's a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. We see this so often in the church that like them, we as Christians in modern Christianity, we believe in God. Uh, We even have the right model. We even know the right things to do or the right things to say. Um, 
But as for them, they were denying completed work of Jesus. They were denying the gospel. For us, we, like them in verse 5, deny his power. We trust our own uh, practices. We trust our own strength. We trust our own intellect. We trust our own standards. And we deny the power thereof. We have a form of godliness, but we deny the power thereof. And then like verses 6 and 7, it says this sort creeps into houses. They lead captives away. And uh, it says they're ever learning, but they're not able to develop a knowledge of truth. Uh, they deceive those within uh, our house, within the church. It says they're ever learning, but they never come to truth. That's something we see even in the modern church today. And then in verse 8 and 9, as he goes on, he says, Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be made manifest unto all men, as theirs was also. He talks about these people in Exodus, Janus and uh, Jambres, who had had fought back against Moses and had fought against the truth. And it said their folly was manifest and so will the folly of those who are uh, forsaking the gospel now. Uh, one of the things that Paul kind of charges Timothy with, if we could just summarize those first nine verses, is to realize selfish motivations surface suddenly and painfully. It's got a, a nice ring to it and is easy for us to remember as we think about our selfish motivations. They surface suddenly and painfully. It's like that verse, be sure your sin will find you out. Sometimes it feels like it might take years for, for someone's true colors to show or for someone's true motivation to show. But the reality is after a while, you can't hide that motivation any longer. You can't, you can't fight and hide the person you truly are any longer. And when the truth comes out, like in verse 9, like it did in Exodus, like it did for the people at Ephesus, it comes out quickly and painfully. And it's not just about a physical outward sin. Sometimes it's the selfish motivation behind why we do the things that we do. That's why in verse 4 he says, hey, they're lovers of pleasure more than they're lovers of God. Remember, like we talked about last week, we're always pursuing satisfaction, status, or security, maybe in the things of this world or maybe in good things. But what we have to realize as we study this, as we think about this in the context of sin within the church, sin within the body of believers, we have to realize that our selfish motivations are going to show up and it's going to be uh, sudden and painful. And so look how Paul tells Timothy to fight against it here in verse 10 through 12. It says this, But thou, but as for you, you fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, my charity, my patience, persecutions and afflictions which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that live godly will in Christ Jesus suffer persecution." All that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. He says in verse 10, As for you, Timothy, you've fully known my way of life. You've known my faith. You've known my purpose. You've seen my patience. You've seen my afflictions and my persecution. And you can see how this is the exact opposite of what we read about in verses 2 through 6. He says, hey, these people, they're deceivers. They're, they're avoiding the truth. They're fighting against the truth. But you have seen my doctrine. He says, these people, they're lovers of self. They're covetous. They're liars. But you've seen my patience. You've, you've seen my sacrifice, my persecution, the way I've endured affliction. He says, these people, they deny natural affection. They're unholy. 
but you've seen me live with purpose. He says, as for me, Timothy, I've pursued Christ. As for you, what are you going to do? And it's, if we think about this and, and it's easy for us to go, but look about these people are doing their own thing. They're living their own lives. They're pursuing their own satisfaction. They're pursuing their own worldly pleasures and earthly good. And it seems like they're uh, enjoying themselves. It seems like they're uh, carving a path for themselves of least resistance. I mean, the people that were pursuing Christ, the people that were holding closely to the gospel, the people that were uh, truly following the path that Jesus, the path of the disciples, the path that the apostles had laid out, they were being persecuted. They were being martyred. Look at Paul. He's in prison waiting death trial. Um, And you say, it doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right. But Paul said, hey, this is all worth it. He says, I count it all joy at one point. He says, I fought the good fight. There's henceforth a crown laid up for me in heaven of righteousness. What we have to remember is that uh, while selfish motivations come suddenly and painfully, eternal motivations satisfy slowly and permanently. Sometimes we don't get to tangibly see the work that uh, of Christ that we're, we're a part of, uh, sometimes we do get to see it. Sometimes we do get to tangibly feel the reward of, of our labors here on this earth. The reality is we may or may not see this side of heaven, all that a life in pursuit of Christ has gotten for us or will get for us. And as this world continues to uh, look more and more dark, while, while this world continues to look more and more lost, while suffering continues to more and more abound, it seems so difficult to imagine uh, a satisfying and permanent reward. But as, as Paul said, and as somebody I think from the Avengers said, hey, we're in the end game now. Paul, said, Paul actually thought that they were near the end times then. And as he writes to Timothy, you can hear that even as he writes, him, him kind of alluding to that as he says in verse 13, evil men are gonna, and seducers, they're going to wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, verse 14. But he says, but continue thou in all things which you have heard and learned and been assured of. Verse 13, he says, hey, it's going to get worse. The evil men, the people of the world, not just the people in the church, but the world, it's going to get worse. But verse 14, but continue thou. In the things which you've learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that form that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, faith through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. He says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God might be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. He continues this thought and he finishes out verses 14 through 17 and basically in three different ways says, Timothy, study scripture. You've got to know what the Bible says and what you believe and why. Because the truth is uh, the, the young people of this age, the next generation coming up are going to have to deal with different problems than uh, the people of the generation before them. 
the issues that the younger generation has to deal with surrounding race and sexual orientation and politics, they're so much more uh, nuanced and distorted and cloudy than um, some of the issues that we dealt with just a generation ago. Uh, the battle used to be, for example, what is marriage, right? Is, is marriage actually between a man and a woman? But now we're, we're not even fighting that battle, so to speak. We're dealing with like, okay, what is a person? Is a person a male or female, a man or a woman? Um, we're, we're dealing with so many different complex issues around um, race and equality or inequality. We're dealing with issues about politics. And we're on top of that then dealing with doctrinal issues within the church and the pendulum swinging from legalism to antinomianism and back and forth. So many complex issues. And the only way for us to find and provide true and solid answer, answers is not just from some opinion of some person, but it's from a strong and independent pursuit of Scripture. We have to stand firmly upon the truth of what God has said and who he has said he is. And, and for the record, this is not about standing strong and being a jerk or, or being belligerent or being rude or hurtful or antagonistic. That's why Paul, if you go back to verse 10, he says, you fully known what? My doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long suffering, my charity, my patience, my persecutions and afflictions, which came to me uh, at Antioch, Lystrum, Iconium. What persecutions I endured, he says, but out of all of them, the Lord delivered me. He says, first doctrine and way of life. And then he says, faith, which adds to that. And then he says, long suffering, uh, love and patience. This is how Paul fought the attack of sin in the world. It was with the fruits of the spirit. He says, even then I was still persecuted, but the Lord delivered me. Why? Because he, he dealt with these things with a heart of patience, with a heart of love, with, with doctrine and at, at his core. He had made this a way of life to let Christ live in and through him. That's why he listed some of the fruits of the Spirit. And then he says, hey, as for you, listen, quit trying to conform this world into your image. The world's going to get worse. The world's going to be falling apart. The world is going to continue to lean towards sin. But he says, as for you, you've seen my doctrine. Hold fast to what's true. You see my manner of life. Make this a, a way of life. And he says, and then live in light of the fruits of the Spirit with long suffering, with patience, with love. So sometimes it's hard to get practical when there's just so many different things that we know our, our younger generation is going to face and what they're going to deal with. And so it's, it's hard to, to say, okay, practically, here's how you deal with denying natural affection or with truce breaking or despising what's good. Or here's how you deal with people who are high-minded or uh, lovers of pleasure and not lovers of God or people that are boasters or covetous or unthankful. It's, it's hard to, to specifically nail down practically what to do in each of those situations. And that's just two verses. But we're going to cover those topics. We're going to take the time to muddle through those things. But what's much more valuable is to, to go much deeper than that. And that's why we, we try so hard to, to have a, a doctrinal and a theological approach and a, a studied approach. Because if we can say instead, hey, 
This is who we are, and this is who God is, and this is who we can become in light of that. Then we are uh, equipped to to grow, and we are equipped to learn. When when we're equipped with those tools, who we are and who God is, uh, the other things will fall into place, and and that's why we give so much information because we we as as leaders want the next generation to not just repeat what we have said, uh, but to live as Christ has lived. And so Bill Allison, who's going to be coming and doing our camp this year in August, he uh, is is a huge proponent of disciples making disciples and the model that Jesus set forth. And one of the things that he teaches is this uh, Hebrew word Kavanaugh, which is uh, kind of a, a Hebrew archery term. It, it involves hitting the bullseye. And so he, he has what's called K4 or Kavanaugh 4. It's this idea of us, like we were talking about last week, targeting these specific things that will uh, allow us to hit the bullseye uh, of, of spiritual intentionality, uh, an eternal-minded way of life. And those four things are this. We study scripture to know God. Uh, we're prayerful. We realize we have been loved extravagantly to love extravagantly. And we live a worship-filled life. There are so many ways practically that these four things uh, can be applied to every aspect of our lives. And they're laid out right there in 2 Timothy chapter 3. He says, this world's going to get worse and worse. But Paul says, as for me, as for you, study scripture. Uh, Make this a way of life. Continue thou in the things that you have heard and seen me do and learned. Uh, He says to have a heart of patience, a heart of love, and realize all life is worship, right? And so as for me, as for you, if we're going to live in light of eternity, if we're going to reap that slow and permanent reward, then what are we going to do? We're going to study scripture to know God. We're going to continue in prayer. We're going to realize that we have been extravagantly loved through the work of Jesus. And we're going to then thus love extravagantly. And we're going to see every part of our lives as an act of worship. That's how we live for eternity. And that's how we make a difference. And so that's our prayer for you guys this week. Next week, we're finishing this series off with 2 Timothy chapter 4, just before we go into a summer break through the month of July. So we hope you'll be back there next Wednesday night. We hope you'll tune in for the podcast. We love you guys so much, and we'll talk to you soon. 